are live and this is a special edition of Rallon's Rant in which I'm joined for the first time by more than one guest. Today I'm joined by Matthew, I swear the kick was on the touchline, Gilson, Dylan <laughs> Oshin was offside, Coughlin, and my name is Richie and I'll be your host and my nickname for the day will be Richie Where's My Gum Shield, Alan. In this episode we'll talk all things schools rugby and current topics, but first of all I suppose we should all explain those nicknames so... So without further ado, can you explain why I referred you to that? Um, unfortunately, there's probably a, a few examples where, where that might be the case. Um, as well, it's probably nice to start off with that, get out of the way, because um, I knew it was coming. Uh, but unfortunately, um, whatever it was, eight years ago in a Junior Cup final, um, I'm, I may have had a kick to win it. You know, I was kind of trying to hang it out, let the wind take it in. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, the wind just never caught it, uh, and it just went uh, to the left of the post. Ouch. Um, yeah, it was, 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 wasn't great, but you know, we move on. And as I said, I've had a few since then. So yeah. <laughs> do we move on is the big question? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, well, let's actually move on to you, Dill. And why would I be referring to you as Ushin was offside, Cockle? Um, I actually got a bit scared when, uh, when Gilly brought up that it was eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fair. I think we're both kind of feeling our age. Big time. Um, but yeah, in the same match, um, we Michael's kicked a ball into R22 and myself uh, Zach O'Hagan called it gave it in field to me and I was looking to put Johnny Redmond around the outside and uh O'Mara picked it off in midfield and kind of slow motion stuff went in under the sticks I was debating uh, to do Richie Chip and Chase Allen, but I think it'd be more apt if uh, I... We'll get to that, don't worry. We will get to that in due course, but the story behind Where's My Gum Shield was we were playing Newbridge in a semi-final. Um, very tight game. We won by, I think, three points in the end. It was off general play. I think 10 ran a switch for 12. Charlie Cregan kind of shot up from the line, but people tend to forget that because of what followed. But I basically uh, got stepped not for the first or last time in my career. Mid once I realised that I didn't actually make the tackle and I wasn't going to make the tackle I kind of screamed out like fuck <laughs> and while I did that the gum shield fell out of my mouth and instead of getting back and rushing back because I made a clean line break 30, 40 metres 6, 7 metres from her line I started just going fuck where's my gum shield in the middle of a cup game first half semi-final the first thing that came to my mind was shit where's my gum shield so I picked up the gum shield laboured back into the defensive line and rest assured I was uh, I was alerted to that fact straight away at half time I'm sure Gil so will uh, <laughs> back me up on that and one. in the video session don't worry in the video session yeah protect those pearlies Rich <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> to get a bit more uh, diplomatic and keep on track which might be difficult as this thing lingers on let's get to this year's cup and current topics and now the final has been announced and just lads what are your general thoughts and what you've seen so far um, just from my perspective uh, I've actually been lucky enough to get to a couple of the games thankfully uh, and I think the stand has been very very good um, um, obviously we've had been to the Michaels matches now and the Michaels Black Rock game probably could have gone either way um, Michaels were probably better team on the day though and deservedly won it and then again that Belvo match Belvo quality outfit again um, and obviously went 10-0 up and probably again like put themselves in a great position to win it to, to win it even um, but thankfully uh, Michaels came back and set up a nice stay now on Patrick's Day hopefully all goes well then against Gonzaga yeah and what was uh, the reaction like on a dart stop up I suppose in Blackrock or yeah, Williamstown well, I should call it I'm actually working at the moment so 
I haven't had my usual kind of in-depth analysis uh, <laughs> in around the school and down at coaching and stuff. So, um, unfortunately, I didn't make it out to the Michaels uh, BlackRock game. But I think um, the Michaels team look extremely well organised. Um, I've been lucky enough to referee a couple of games. With Very Ma- well, may I add, yeah. With, Great official. With Michael's uh, senior seconds against BlackRock senior seconds. And like the, I think the, crops of player, the crop of player coming through in Michael's at the moment um, is just year after year. You can see it in the, with the international stage, but also with um, kind of the fourth, fifth and sixth years, it's just, it seems to be like a conveyor belt of talent. <laughs> I think the common denominator seems to be as soon as they get rid of me, they get to, <laughs> yeah. they get, they get to a final and rattling, I suppose, as well. Yeah, that's so long, long way that continue. <laughs> I yeah. won't be invited back anytime soon, anyway. No, no way. No jersey presentations for the pair of us. Um, but yeah, no, it was just from I'm similar to Gillies, and we obviously had a huge involvement over the years with the school, and it was, it was always something, and we can definitely relate to it where we played Blackrock in the 2013 final, and immediately. Once we got to that final, once we realised we'd be playing Black Rock, one of the first things I remember saying is, oh, we could potentially be the first Fuck team. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get into that story, yeah. no way. Um, but the first thing you think of is, shit, we've actually never beaten these guys before and immediately you're on kind of snookered behind the black ball, some would say. So it was a huge moment for the school. It's a weird one, like as in my view of Zaga is... I'm trying to think of something now that doesn't make a complete arse of myself, but they're almost <laughs> like, it's like basically going out on a night out, in my opinion of Zaga anyway, is when one of the, one of the lesser... I like where this is going. Yeah, one, of the, <laughs> one of the lesser looking lads um, ends up pulling... Like the, well, yeah, it'd be the equivalent of like me going out with the lads and pulling the 10 out of 10. And everyone's kind of like, I'm kind of happy for you on the surface, but deep down, you're kind of like, fuck, Zaga. But anyway, <laughs> slightly off topic, but I just feel like Zaga for so long, and I need to give them credit because I've just given them a little dig. But so, Richie, what would you give yourself then if if you ended up with the ten out of ten? <laughs> well, my rating be out yeah. of ten. I say a five, maybe five point five in a good day. But anyway, just so going sorry, so five. Just coming back to the to the Zaga thing. A good thing to mention is one of their coaches. Because um, I know we might be bringing it up a bit later, but uh, oh, to, yeah. to, to bring it up now is a uh, big bad Steve McVeigh who uh, obviously passed people to Clangles and then coached them the other day. Um, I think he's assistant forwards coach um, against his uh, alma mater, um, which obviously must have been very tough, but just a special mention to him because he's obviously doing good things in uh, in Gonzaga as well. He is doing good things, and that's been one of the side plots. If you are in the know and have Twitter, there's been quite a f- strong reaction with regards to him having come out on top when it was more of the mind games beforehand but all over Twitter was bear in mind one of the main instigators of that uh, young Johnny Glynn <laughs> was talking about loyalty and you should see what he's been doing to UCD I think he left at the start of the year to go try play for Wanderers um, we won't say whether I've he was seen getting... him in the jumper since <laughs> yeah. we, won't, we won't say if he was getting paid or not now we won't be getting any allegations we can't be doing that now but, uh, and then he might, uh, winds up back in uh, in UCD after a couple of months. Really? Um, so Keep I think it was just a bit, a bit rich, his uh, his loyalty jibes when, when he goes off and doing that just for, allegedly, a bit of money. Mm. So well, just on the Steve McVeigh topic there, I think Steve's done a fantastic job in there. Like, we give him a bit of stick about, like, his knowledge about the game. Or, or like lack it, of. 
it, I think his knowledge <laughs> now is uh, is top notch. Sometimes you'd be over in the house and he'd have zebra against the scarlets mm. on when wearing his wearing his conic hoodie as well. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> Doesn't get out of it. I think they're like talking about mind games as well. I know John Maloney was. Um, making up a couple of stories no, no Armas Maloney I think they call around the school circles <laughs> the machine gun Maloney um, but I know I think Steve might have received a message from one of the Klongos backroom staff um, telling him that his line outs were very predictable wow yeah. so um, what do you think of that Richie because I know you would have been in the Richie Dale's in throwing crooked line outs anyway, yeah so. I'd be the type of guy that would have such a good line out in front of him I'd still make it look outrageously poor bleak at the best of times you made it up around the park though didn't you well i hope so skiing would that's how we got the nickname tractor <laughs> exactly but um on that just on the mcveigh thing like it is it's definitely a strange feeling that he must have gone through because he spent the whole senior <coughs> senior school cycle training every single week playing a massive cup games having good and bad days in the clongos jersey i think living there as well richie living there as yeah. well in fairness and getting up final with them as well yeah and then to turn around a year well a few years later and be the one to resist them getting to the final it must be tough going because I'd honestly say deep down like I'm not ashamed to say this deep down there's an emotional attachment you have to your school and no matter how how long you stay elsewhere or whatever your bank balance is it's not going to justify having actually spent your childhood years there winning losing big games with coaches with players that are still there now so it definitely would have been an interesting day for him but from a coaching perspective Gonzaga have to give them a lot of credit because six seven eight years ago they weren't really a force to be reckoned with in the last three or four years they've really seemed to sort it out at JCT SCT level and got loads of coaches in they've really taken things seriously and you can see now first was getting to the semi-final a few years ago now they're in the final I think sometimes like when you leave school and Gilly, you said we're eight years out, yeah. Richie, you'd be nine years out. Mm, and bleak. like I even still talk to guys that left uh, you know, Blackrock in two thousand five, two thousand six, and like they're still mad for rock and yeah, yeah. Uh, like they're always asking me, Do we have any good junior cup teams coming up, any good senior cup teams coming up? And uh, I think just skills rugby is a competition that but if you look at the, sorry you should inter- interrupt but if you look at the, the crowd like the Michael's Rock one of the biggest carnival atmospheres I've ever seen in my entire life like it was on a Monday like, afternoon as well. Monday afternoon it was a complete circus like you guys oh, like all sorts of stuff going on should you not work as long as work aren't listening to this podcast <laughs> half day due to yeah, family I on, reasons I was, on, I was on company time yeah exactly yeah. Um, but like the, the scenes of the match is, is incredible like you don't get that in any other match would Donny Rook uh, have been a sellout if it Stuck to the Sunday game? I'd say so. I'd yeah, say definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like if you had a nice day on a Sunday, that's like it's a few of the uh, of my Belva friends I was giving out to them the other day, or we giving out to them the other day when I said the Michael's Rock is like the biggest match of school by Ruby. And they were like, no, Belva, all this sort of sort of shy. But it definitely is. Like they fill out Donnie Yeah, yeah two or three times over. And I suppose the last thing on this cup campaign would be like our views towards, like I, I look at that final, I actually think it's a, number one, I think it's great for the actual competition because for the last four or five years, you see your your Belvos, you see your Rocks, you see your Michaels, you see your Clongos, and there's the odd Ross Gray in there as well. But it was getting quite predictable as to who was going to be seen in the last four in the final. And Zaga have now kind of created consistency there where they need to be a force to be reckoned with. While schools like, say, St. Mary's and Terranure, that traditionally were the powerhouses, have kind of had a dip as well. So I think it brings a bit of variety as well. And then it also it just it brings something new 
because everyone knows what BlackRock's DNA is like. Everyone knows what Michael's DNA is like in Belvoir, etc. And I just think by having a fresh team in there that's never been there before, that you don't really know what their past pupils are going to do. They don't... The way they play, basically, it's not as well-known as the other teams. So I definitely think it's going to be great for the competition. And I'm just hoping that weather is really good. I hope it's an incredible Paddy's Day. And I just hope it lives up to the billing because there's nothing better albeit I was in the final that was fantastic for the neutral but shit for me but there's nothing better than a quality final on Paddy's day you got, uh, a, you got a medal that year, medal that year Dylan didn't you? yeah um, <laughs> somehow somehow <laughs> I think uh, I think I must be one of the only players to have not stepped foot on the pitch for a minute <laughs> yeah. other than the warm up <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Gavin Tynan actually pulled out in the warm up he'd been struggling with an injury during the week I'd taken part in the captain's run I was kind of 24th man 20, what were we, 23rd man back then yes what? potentially I, I don't think he so. had two properties and like Dennis trust me he was not a happy man having to do seven <laughs> minute shifts in the cup and uh, yeah I just remember Gareth Pickering saying that Tynan had kind of not gotten through the warm up and I stuck the gear on and finished off the warm up and took my place in the bench Listen, you'll, you'll take that one to the grave. Yeah, Absolutely. I would have, yeah, I would have yeah, taken yeah, that exactly. at the start of the game, to be honest. Imagine going through seven You two minutes. lads are very welcome to come over and see the trophy cabinet <laughs> if you want. <laughs> oh, Blee. Like, moving on from that, a lot, of the, a lot of the listeners have been intrigued to get some insights, whether it's stories, whether it's the view from a coaching aspect or a playing a- aspect, I should say. What do you lads recall from your days of junior cup senior cup and the commitment levels that were actually shown well i think when you're engrossed in it i think you don't really realize the kind of depths that you're going to and um, i remember morning trainings uh lunchtime forwards be out doing line outs backs be down not posing around now richie we'd be doing a bit of place kicking and <laughs> yeah. out of hand and did a couple of passing drills and stuff but I think you kind of it's it's at the end of the cup season as well when you look back and you realise that like your whole school like day revolves around rugby yeah I think that's the, sorry that's the key to it is in you don't realise how much work you're putting in until like I look now and I like getting me down to UCD at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday is, is a bit Good of a luck. struggle like, for an hour and a half like uh, it's a bit of a struggle but like when you're in there it just becomes part of your day like it's just your norm you're up whatever it is in the morning early uh, for some gym and then it, it's just become your norm as in you're, you, you're in the gym twice a, twice a week potentially um, training after school um, you're usually in study anyway so you don't leave school till 8 or 9 but it just becomes the norm like I don't think the lads really know too much until now like as in as I said trying to get me out of bed at 7 o'clock would be a struggle in itself as well like I actually go to bed at 7 o'clock these days as opposed to actually getting <laughs> up at that time AM that is yeah AM not the PM AM <laughs> strictly not a working man or a normal man at that but like they are fair points with regards to like a lot of people just think it's after school stuff but there's a lot of bleak mornings where you wake up and you're like I've had five hours sleep I have to go some past into me do an hour gym session sit through six periods of courses or sorry subjects that you might not have an interest in then you need to emotionally charge yourself of going out and doing a very tough session some days you'd have some weeks you'd have two games per week sometimes you'd go three or four weeks without a game and you just for such a young person it actually sometimes gets overlooked how mentally tough and straining it is on people that age and a lot of people get bogged down into oh that performance wasn't that great or that player didn't play that 
well but people need to realize it's not ireland you're seeing who are in carton house and are grown adults and are experienced pros it's 16 year olds it's 17 year olds 18 year olds who are feared up to the gills about hopefully accomplishing their dream of winning cups and stuff like that so it is something that often goes under overlooked i should say um the actual work people get done so it is it is a credit to everyone who involves himself commits time and on the topic of the commitment side i suppose me and gilly we can maybe cover it and dylan feel free to kind of pass your uh, opinion in as well like a lot of people have been asking what are some of the key differences between being a senior cup player and then being a senior cup coach um, yeah it's it's hard to kind of ex- explain the difference um, from a coaching perspective obviously uh, you have far less control um, like I really really enjoyed it and I really hope to do it again um, hopefully at some stage um, but it, it's, it's hard to explain like as a player you're kind of you're obviously much more in, in control Um you just I don't it's it's very it's very very difficult to, to, to explain like as a coach said the, the work that goes in a lot of the time with the coaches is in we talk about it with the players like it's 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 some things you've never seen before in my life is in like just to name one like Keen Walsh uh, who would be <laughs> who would uh, uh, he's out in, in Wales now but he was uh, a physio in, in Michael's and like the lad would be in from 6 o'clock in the morning until 6 o'clock in the morning the following day like he, he, he wouldn't leave the place um, just putting in serious amounts of commitment like that goes for all the coaches um, and I would think that's kind of a thing in, in most schools as well at that level um, like you might be training for an hour and a half but you're in the school for 4 or 5 hours a day Yeah, um, and, and he, just, he's yeah. getting paid peanuts by the way he, yeah, was, yeah. he was essentially for the hour rate he was doing and like some of those hours were up in Ballycourse in the absolute piss and rain. He was essentially oh, getting sorry, forty just a, cents. A story on that was yeah. that like it was like you know it was a, <laughs> it was like the second or third week in school and we were the Michael's pitchers were getting enough, so we were uh, we had to train in Ballycourse for a team run like it was completely insane. And uh, we like we didn't know Keno was coming, and we we arrived up, and the lad was living in Manute at the time. We didn't really know him, and he's there waiting for us uh, when we get off the bus for a team run to strap the lads and stuff like that. And we were all a bit worried at the time because we were like, "Jesus, lads, this guy's completely insane!" Like, don't know if I'll be able to keep him, or I don't know, I don't know what we'll do with him. But thankfully, it turned out like he was uh, obviously a very, very good physio, yeah. and he's moved on to he's doing the Wales under twenties and the Dragons now. And um, but at the time, we were like, "Jesus, lads, we need to get rid of this guy. Like, he's, <laughs> he's completely insane." Were well, you on the treatment table, much, Gilly? Uh, no, no. I wouldn't be you see I don't really get get too much contact I wouldn't be making too many tackles you know I, I let my flanker do that so <laughs> thankfully I avoid it most of the time that's a fair point and one of the one of the Instagram uh, shout out to the social media obviously um, <laughs> questions was like what would a standard week of an SET coach look like and I just I wrote down a few points and this is just based off my time when I was I can really compare it to say what teachers do and most te- most teachers tend to be the head coaches are strongly involved in these senior cup teams like to go through a standard cup not a cup week but a match week like on Monday you'd have a review at one o'clock after that then you'd probably meet with one or two coaches before training to assess what you were doing for the week what you Too thought toast. of the video yeah you'd probably get a, a chew toast in the Marion Centre then you'd also train and that would just be Monday. And then Tuesday, you'd probably end up doing skills and gym session after training. Wednesday would be your heavy session. So you'd plan that out. You'd do that for an hour, hour and a half. Thursday would more or less be gym. Friday would be your team run. Saturday would be your game. And then Sunday would be basically a coach's review where you'd spend the guts of three, four, five, six hours sometimes reviewing the game, coding the game, thinking about what needs to be worked on what are you going to present and that doesn't even go to mention the 
hours you spend thinking about it as well. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the time you're going to bed going, and The Jesus. years it takes off your life. The years it takes <laughs> off your life and your hairline, respectively. Dylan knows um, all too well. <laughs> <laughs> Mugging and a half. But um, you're getting a bit skimpy over there as well. Yeah, kill yeah, you. So. We're all Richie, I see a couple of stress grays there. Too well I can. Yeah, yeah. We're all clinging on. But yeah, like that would be an example of it. But like people were asking coaching side, player side, and it's it's a very unique experience to be able to go through the experiences of being a player, playing cup rugby, having good and bad times, and then being able to actually give your experience to the players. And on the topic of dealing with the good and the bad, one of the big topics that I would like to focus on and get you boys to fill in with is like how, how did you lads deal and as we pointed out at the start of the show, we've had our good and bad t- good and bad days as well. Like, how would you lads deal with the winning and losing of big games and big finals? Because we've had our fair share along the way. Maybe Dylan's a bit more uh, privileged than us. Uh, well, thankfully, I was just about to say Dylan's actually, I think, won two. He won the Jays and then in fifth yeah. year again. So he, he might know the, the, the other side of the coin, yeah, as they say. Um, but unfortunately, I lost, obviously, in... Uh, Third year, Jays against uh, BlackRock, and then again uh, in 2013 in the final against BlackRock. Um, and it's it's very, very tough. I, I was actually thinking about this earlier on when you when you sent me the question about which, like which was worse. And obviously, like I, I had missed that kick in the JCT final, but for some reason, like the SCT was, it was I don't know, it just stays with me for a bit longer. But uh, it, look, it's, fun, it's a fantastic experience, like even, even uh, being there. Um, and like on the day, anything can happen um, as in like it was the bounce of a ball literally that lost us that match in 2013 you you, you don't really get over it but uh, you move on do you do you actually <laughs> don't know about that uh, and then what would be some of your like you got the the lucky side of the coin um, the majority of your time and what was that what was that like experience wise with the junior and senior yeah, squads I think, that were successful I think some like obviously when when we talk about senior cup games winning and losing Winning's the thing, first thing that comes to to my mind. I was very lucky to be on a a winning side when I was in fifth year. Um, unfortunately, wasn't involved in in sixth year. Um, but I I think you took your place in sixth year. I was Joey Carberry. <laughs> was it, yeah? What um, could have been? Well, you could say it was Brian Mullen who's playing for the sevens <laughs> and James McGowan as well as a transition year. So wasn't just him but I think the bar, when the bar chat comes out yeah, yeah. I, I always plug the Joey one yeah, yeah. oh yeah um, but Richie I would have been involved in the junior cup when I was in second year and we actually lost that semi-final to yourselves in Donnybrook and I just remember playing you in pre-season that year and it was just men against boys yeah it was a great game perfectly honest I remember you rolling over me I remember Dennis Kilson rolling over me I, we were just rolling in general <laughs> yeah, yeah the medical and joker himself I, I, I think there was a like I just remember like your pack was there a, a second row uh, Gardner was it Gardner no, sorry, that's the man same guy yeah um, Steve Harold maybe? Steve Harold yeah he's a super Jays player yeah incredible and um I just remember Nick McCarthy would be slinging that ball out to Burno. Burno would be turning eyes on the wing that day and Burno would be turning the inside out, yeah. chasing him behind. And then suddenly you're barely getting to the ball and Kelleher's up on you, Mikey yeah. O'Hare at the time. And was it Dan Green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great so, dude. Uh, Steve Davis, basically. Yeah. So I think uh, a big thing, like I would have been very close with that uh, Black Rock year ahead of me. And I remember after losing that game, like the feeling for those lads was 
horrendous and a lot of them would have come up to me and had individual words whether it was you know that night or whether it was throughout school maybe the year after and just saying like don't let it happen again like you're in a position to make up for it and like do your best to now i don't know if an intercept pass is doing your best but uh I made up for that. It certainly yeah. wasn't for a lack of trying. <laughs> Two wrongs make a right. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that preseason game and the junior thing because it's funny. I actually rarely remember the result, and we we beat just comprehensively that day. And I remember a crossfield kick, uh, Burno sent over to the corner to cap it all off. It was very, very similar to what you see him doing for Leinster these days. But my highlight of that game was I think it was like twenty one three at this time, and one of the second year guys, he was a prop. Uh, we got up from a reset of scrum and um, I wasn't exactly shredded six pack Rob Lips at Wannabe at that stage. I like you do now. Yeah, I've kept it. And uh, he basically called me a fat dwarf and Connor Duffy, <laughs> who was our ace, basically Sergio Parise at the time with his pink scrum cap. I think he had a pair of uh, Air Legends as well. <laughs> yeah. <ETF posts. laughs> he, he, in fairness, he... He thought he was Parise and he played like it that sometimes. Uh, he, was, he was excellent in that yeah. year's cup. But he basically merged his way through the entire scrum as if it, like someone crawling through a mall and just without like blinking, just decked your man, clocked him clean in the face. And it actually spoiled over into the crowd. And was, was, was it, it Shane Lynch? Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. It was Shane Lynch. <laughs> no surprises. Haymaker to the face. And then it spoils over into uh, the crowd and parents are getting involved and Duffy's like, he's not swinging, but he's kind of reloading. Like I think, I think Elmar, I think El- Elmar came from a different parish, didn't he? He was <laughs> yeah. under age 40 at the time. Yeah. Oh, I know. One thing I'll say about Shane is, you know, he wears his heart in his sleeve and there was no no man more, more committed. Um, and it was just a shame that he didn't keep up the rugby into the senior cycle. It happens. A lot of people... Yeah, um, himself and Redmond had a few leg- legendary battles along the way. Absolutely. I think they still have beef about that now. Their, their dads are best mates, so it's... Any time they see each other now, there's a bit, of a, a bit of a scrap for a few words had. But. I think one of them rolled into Wes and Craig Hughes like, yeah, had to break yeah. it up. <laughs> there was a huge fight in Wes. That, yeah, oh, two of them. Craig Cusack on the door was a sight to behold, yeah, to be fair. Redmond obviously was a big boy back then. Yeah, powerful. Powerful loose slash tight head. Um... <laughs> Speaking of like Wes slash rugby stories, we had a terribly intense rivalry with Terenier, um up until I'm going to say sixth year. And it was a pity. We really desperately wanted to play them in the cup because they gave us an absolute hiding in the JCT final. You owed them one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we thought that anyway. But I remember actually a Wes where we knew all the Terenier boys were coming because they look, kind of kept themselves to themselves up in the D6. And one time, I remember the Brewers, the Boarses, you name it, came down. One of the many O'Neills. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, And there was a rumour going around that they had all their medals with them, which turned out to be complete bluff um, at the time. But it got got blood going. And I remember Aim McFeely, who lived on Aylesbury Road, came up to outside Wes, and Craig Cusick was at the door, and Aimo, who's wears his heart on the sleeve at the best of times, goes, let me in there, let me in there. And Craig Cusick's like, no way, McFeely. So McFeely shoves him aside, storms in, in there for tops, I'd say 90 seconds, comes back out, and you can kind of see him emerging from the shadows, and there's blood, massive black eye. And I was like, everyone's like, Eamon, what the hell were you doing? And he goes, 
your man Dave Doyle was in there I owed him and then I was like Jesus are you alright and he goes yeah you should see him so supposedly for the the eyewitnesses he basically just ran in locked eyes with Dave uh, and they basically it was like two bulls just running at each other chairs flying uh, birds screaming Tiesto on in the background like it was absolute mayhem and from that moment on it was just there was pure evil hatred within that uh, rivalry and one of the biggest regrets we had as a team was we actually never got to play them in the cup from there on so they ultimately had the last laugh on the pitch but uh, Jesus that was they were gas times when you think of schools rugby and stories whether it's on or off the pitch surely there's one or two that pop out uh, well, the ones for me actually Richie when, when you said this question again you're on uh, actually all about you Fuck in terms sake. of just you mentioned the gum shield but there was a, the infamous chip and chase <laughs> uh, we were clean through a, I think it might have been in a quarter final of the senior cup first round first round of the senior cup and we were clean through uh, we actually only won the match at the end by a couple of points like it, was, it was a tight game 12-3 and uh, Radham was through could just pass to Nick McCarthy off his shoulder and said, decided to go for a chip over the top and tried to collect but obviously the ball went dead because He's got two left feet. Um, the and mo- then... most embarrassing part of that story is the 15 for Kassanok was the fastest... James one, McCormick. Yeah, the fastest guy in the competition by a long way. I don't think you were going to get by him, Richie, were you? No, I should have just stuck to route one, try to go over him rather than... Oh, I actually don't know what the fuck I was thinking. It was crazy. <laughs> it was absolutely Head madness. gone. Like... It was. That's the definition of head gone. Head if is gone. Thinking clearly under pressure, Sir Clive put it in his autobiography. That definitely is not it. No way. <laughs> like a lot of people don't actually know this. And Ruxton, who was our S&C coach at the time, we played that game on a Tuesday. And everyone is aware of the pledge, what players take. It's... 1st of January most things are December it's different in every school but they basically just swear no drinking no anything just stay healthy blah 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 and we had our own pledge from the 1st of January and I remember the Friday before the game which was on Tuesday a few of the non-rugby lads were down in Kylie's and they were like Richie do you want to come up uh, and just chill and I was like yeah that's fine so I was there for about 45 minutes just having a good crack and then one of the lads basically spiked my drink with a bit of vodka. I thought I was having seven up, but it was pretty much pure vodka. So once I sipped that, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is sick, it's vodka. So then they were like, you've drank, you've broken the pledge, so you might as well drink loads. And I was just like, oh, fuck it, right, I'll do it. It's a bit loose, but I'll do it. And ended up getting a bit tired and emotional. And would you believe I'm in the jacks taking a piss and I'm kind of looking in the mirror trying to recognize who was staring back at me. And I look to my right, and no word of a lie, and he, he'll, he'll, let, he'll uh, state this as truth. And our S&C uh, coach was standing right beside me. And like, right. I, yeah, got the <laughs> biggest fear of my life. I was like, I am so screwed here. And he was like, uh, Richie, what the hell are you doing here? And I was so pissed, I immediately was like, fuck, I need to think of something. I was like, I'm just uh, taking a piss. And he was just looking at me and shook his head walked off he was visibly a bit annoyed and I had to go back up to him I was like if you tell Skeen that I was on the jars four or five days before a cup game I'm history not only on the pitch but my academics and everything did a bit of a sob story blah 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 and to be fairly stuck to his word said listen I won't say a thing but Jesus yeah not many people know that by the way that's a bit of an exclusive yeah I actually didn't know that myself to be honest yeah I'm sure Maloney would be absolutely furious when he hears that but I um, think, yeah, like you just 
brought something to mind there, uh, Richie, when I was in fifth year, um, I think the kind of pivotal time during the year would be Christmas training. And, yeah, and we, um, as I was saying, we were in the depths of our Christmas training and there was a game against Rockwell. I think it was Rockwell. And the, the team was announced and there was a few of us that weren't picked. And Ian Kinsley was having a few of the lads over for some beers. So like this is in the middle of our pledge. And... I think if you're not get if you're not involved in the team like during Christmas in the into the in the lead up to the cup, what's your chances of getting in? We were already depleted with injuries and guys away and stuff, and wasn't picked over to Ian Kinsley's house, supping away on a couple of uh, cans of Coors Light at the time, <laughs> ice cold of course. Watching, and... the, watching the weight obviously with the Coors Light, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember probably five six cans in at this stage and phone starts ringing peter smith oh um, and in hand no doubt <laughs> <laughs> and he goes look dylan someone's after pulling up pulling out you're 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 on the bench tomorrow so safe Christ. to say i was straight home a couple of ham and cheese toasties <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pints of water up yeah. to bed well um, hydrated so I think that was uh, someone looking down at me there, a bit of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus, like the, the pledge is an interesting concept within itself. And I don't know if it's true, but loads of people told me that Gonzaga, after their big win, the semi, they went on it. They went heavy, like as a squad, um, whether overage or underage, I'll let the authorities deal with that. I won't get into, you know, technical, uh, the technicalities. Stuff, you mentioned there about, um, what do I have here? I have, um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing I have next to it is so funny. So we're thinking of stories, referee stories. So one of the great things I love about schools rugby is the officiating the cups, obviously very official. Uh, Gilson's getting very nervous around me here now because I know he's uh, he's <laughs> under the cosh here. But referees, so SET games, JCT games, preseason, cup season, they're always officiated by proper refs. Branch. But, yeah, branch. You know yourself, Dale. Or else people who wear uh, brand jerseys. Who wear, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guilty I, enough me, over here. Me and Gilso may have done that. But sometimes seconds, thirds, fourths, even the depths of fifths, guess, students, coaches, refing. And you boys, I remember, have uh, quite an esteemed career with regards to being the student ref. And I've definitely been asked at least six times, uh, Dylan, for you to explain your moment you had with the current SET coach Michael's M. McMahon with regards to <laughs> line integrity and so, line speed. So care to explain. I, it's, I just, I can't avoid this question <laughs> these no, days. Um, so uh, the branch let, so our games master, Evan O'Brien, myself and Evan. Here we go. Listen to this bluff now. Yeah. The ref yeah. pulled out last minute. Yeah, we, we've heard it all before. Yeah. Go on. We've done it ourselves, you know, so, not our first rodeo. So I got the call um, that morning. Branches after letting us down. Yeah, yeah. Look, Dylan, Michaels are happy for you to do it on their end. We're happy for you to do it on our end. So, you know, let, let's make it happen. Um, so I was... A bit like this podcast. <laughs> half time and uh, I do the usual kind of couple of keepy-uppies in the middle of the field. Yeah. Try and get a bit of water from each team. And I usually just say, look, is there anything you want me to look out for? So, um, 
<laughs> so uh, Emma McMahon comes over and uh, I just go look Emma is renting I can look out for and he's like no Dylan look thanks a lot you know you're doing a great job I remember a couple of backroom staff in the background I said look Emma do you mind me just saying something um, I go Emma look I'm, I'm all for line speed but can we please make sure of the back foot and like at the time I didn't realise that it was going to go down such a hit. I thought it was... It was one of the best things. I, I don't know why I found it so funny. Now, it was just the way you said it. You yeah. just, I'm all for line speed. <laughs> like Coach 101, I'm all for line speed. Um, one of the things, Gil, so I'll let you tell the story in a sec, but I just have it written down here and I have to say it. Like Quiggs refereeing that uh, game where a team scores a try, has a conversion, <laughs> your man slices the kick. And it's way off, way off, <laughs> way off, way off. <laughs> no, was, I think it was one of their lads caught it and started like running. And like Quiggs, obviously, said he didn't know the rules of the game, so he was just like, play play on, play on. Play on. He goes, play <laughs> on. And he starts taking, taking it to the house the other side. Like, obviously, coaches and players are all screaming at him, so obviously, he just panics and blows the whistle. And eventually, there's a, there's, a, there's a kickoff, but it was one of the best things I've ever seen, anyway. Oh. I have another good one as well. It's actually not like myself in the middle of the field man in the middle it's not you either Gilly but um, I remember we were in uh, like our first, our second year out of school and a very good friend of mine Alan Hughes was looking for like a part time job and we were kind of a bit stuck for coaches you know when college timetables come out and stuff like that and uh, it was a Wednesday we were stuck for a referee and Again, Evan O'Brien said, look, Dylan, is there anybody around who you think you can ref? So I was like, This guy, oh. Evan, seems like a bit of a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling refs in off the bus stop. Absolutely. So Husey arrives down on two wheels, throws on his boots, and it's uh, Colts or Colts seconds against Terranier. Jack Power is refing the Colts at the time. And Alan comes down and the usual banter. I was one pitch over refing the, the 14s. So obviously, you know, all the waving, how we getting on, all that sort of carry on. And Alan goes, look, lads, first play of the game. I'm going to blow a scrum penalty. (laughs) And... uh, Yeehaw! (laughs) As they slip the 20 euro into his pocket. 20? Six figures? So, uh, of course, like, kick kick off. It's kick off. Terenure, kick off into Blackrock. Dustin go 10, scrum in the middle of the field. And crouch, bind, set, ball goes in, and you just hear a sharp blow of the whistle. <laughs> Arm raises over to the Black Rock side, and he penalises the loose head for dropping his bind. Dropping his bind. <laughs> At transition year level, it was unheard of. <laughs> and I think to this day, uh, I, I can't get enough of that story. Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous. <laughs> dropping is the bind. Good. Outrageous. Um, Gilso, is there anything popping out in your mind? Um, from a refereeing perspective, not well, not really. As in, I mean, referees usually don't see eye to eye. No, uh, you're moaning. A, a big, Very a moany. big issue with it with, with a lot of them. I just think sometimes they they try to go out, especially in cup games, and try and make a name for themselves. Um, more so than like letting the game play. Loose as in, they're there to, to, to referee. <laughs> I uh, I think you that, know a lot of referees by first name basis. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, it settles them. It settles them big time, and you'd be Massive like, come here. <laughs> But now I haven't really. The only one like a couple of times would be refing for Michaels, and there'd be a couple of loose decisions going. Obviously, you know, uh, last play of the game kind of stuff. Uh, and I was confronted once. I was playing against. Uh, I was refing a match. Uh, I won't actually name the school, but uh, 
was confronted by a parent after the match like aggressively uh, and he was just telling me I was a disgrace to the game so I was always doing the old Craig Joubert Scotland, like World, Scotland <laughs> World Cup like award the try in the last play and I'm straight into the changing rooms uh, the gap he, he did intercept me along the way and had, uh, gave me a certain talking to him, but uh, no I, I could go into a dark hole about some of the coaches uh, I've seen abuse referees I James Ruxin but I won't um <laughs> Like we've highlighted a few of the player stories, some of our time as referees as well. And like some of the coaching stories, I have it written down here, Gil, so uh, you reminded me there a bit to bring it up. Like sometimes as a coach, you uh, you plan meticulously. You you basically plan everything to the finest detail as Gil so slowly pours his pint glass. Surprise, surprise, it's not a Talteca coming I mean, in. I, I, I actually have a Talteca on the way. I need to check my phone. Uh, wait till you <laughs> just hear the buzzer. The yeah. <laughs> but um, the infamous jerseys, <laughs> the jerseys thing, this is a good story now. So this was when the S-Thirds had a knockout game against Ross Gray and Alex Penny, Robin Cosgrove, a few Cowboys involved. And I was heading, Yeehaw. Yeah, I was heading it up. Yeehaw. <laughs> you beat me to it, didn't um, We were down in Ross Gray. And we had everything organized, packed everything in the change room, told the lads, listen, boys, go into the change room, take everything, stack it on the bus. And we get down to Ross Gray, start unloading everything. The lads drop it into the change room. And I kind of walk around the change room and I'm like, right, I'll start hanging up the, the, oh, bollocks. We've oh, no bollocks. Fu- we have, we have no fucking jerseys. So I go out, I stay really calm because this is one of the biggest nightmares you could have, like pads cones water bottles you can just deal with but jerseys is something that you're pretty screwed with so i go out and alex penny's there on his phone because the last thing he wanted to do probably was being ross gray but anyway him and robin were on the phone and i go lads honestly one of the worst things has ever happened and then they're like what game's called off and i'm like no the game isn't fucking called off and i'm like we forgot the jerseys and then penny took about five seconds to register what was going on he just kind of looked at me slowly and was like no, no, you forgot the jerseys because he just basically had no accountability for himself. So I was like, what the hell do we do? And uh, it could have been Robin, I think, turns to me and goes, just blame someone. And I was like, I'm going to blame Yeah, Gil. and you blame yeah. me. <laughs> I'm going to blame Gil. So. You blame me. I got, my brother was playing uh, Was playing on the team and he comes home. And starts Mark, was it? So Mark, yeah, starts giving me a bollocking because he's like, I hear you lads stole our jerseys or something like that. And I didn't know what was going on. So I had to get on to to run on the likes and he was like yeah you just needed a scapegoat and just used uh, used me <laughs> I had to it was so bleak we actually ended up having to play we made these two euro custom t-shirts that the lads would warm up in so they were pretty much just t-shirts with a Michaels embroidery on we had to use them but um, yeah enough about that that's, that's, that's one of the darkest memories I have there was a similar story uh, with Blackrock College or FC uh, myself my dad and one of dad's friends were on our way up to watch the first play Ballymena at the time and the Bluetooth uh, is on in the car and it's a call coming in from the backroom staff. Connor, have you left like Dublin yet? Can you bring up our jerseys? And we were going to the pre-match lunch and uh, the lads ended up wearing the Ballymena second string jersey. <laughs> Jesus. So it was a trial game essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> To the common man who came down with his dog, he was like, oh, it's a trial game going here. I, I think the lads were more interested in loading the beers onto the bus than, yeah, than yeah, the jerseys. Literally, ARS. get the cans on. Well, I suppose now we need to get straight into the quick fire questions. Um, there are plenty, but we'll try fly through them. 
like <clears throat> when I say the funniest thing you've ever seen during a cup game, uh, like really quick off the bat with me, the funniest thing I've ever seen was 2007 final when the past pupil section lent so heavily on the turnstile side of the pitch that it actually collapsed and they ended up pretty much falling onto the pitch and then Stewart's kind of had to just shimmy them back for the next 50 minutes and try to keep order when this by the way was the first time Michael's won a cup that like mayhem was happening there was nothing separating them between them and the hooker and the pitch but it was it was absolutely ridiculous being on the opposite side of the stand and seeing that you would have struggled to throw in, in that environment Richie. no I struggled <laughs> anyway but like with people throwing in for me yeah no chance <laughs> mine actually came out almost uh, almost yesterday was when I saw Andy skiing running and I've known the man for years and it's the first time yeah. I've ever seen him run it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was into the changing room at half time uh, in the match yesterday Wow. I think Sean Coughlin getting his jersey removed during a tackle in the yeah, quarterfinal yeah, yeah. against Ross Gray would be oh, up there. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Jesus. That was some game, to be fair. Um, the best schools player you played against? Uh, we played an away game over in <clears throat> Ivy Bridge, which are like one of the extra chief feeder academies. And there was a guy playing called Stuart Townsend, and he's actually been capped plenty of times Champions Cup caps for Exeter at scrum half and he was just on a completely different playing level um, fourth year against Marist in Athlone um, down in the house pitch in Blackrock who the Rob, hell do you play in Blackrock like this was uh, you, you know our house fourth and fifth year yeah. team uh, we played yeah Marist from Athlone it was on the house pitch and Robbie Henshaw streets above everybody uh, I, I've been fortunate enough to play with and against uh, a good array of, of players I was, when you gave me this question I actually couldn't really pick one like as in so I'm going to firmly sit on the fence on that one you're on the fence yeah. Yeah. don't yeah, be yeah, beating yeah. around the bush Gilly yeah, yeah. Jesus <laughs> boring uh, mine would be I just have two in my I know that's half sitting on the fence but at least I give names um, Harrison Brewer at JCT level was he took the proverbial piss at stages uh, at Michael's expense in the final and I remember the previous year against Rock uh, Kukoin's year he ran half the pitch to set up a injury time try and he, he was just a different level at that stage and then Ed Byrne as well for Klongos in fifth and sixth year was uh, unpleasant and I even remember in pre-season playing when I was in fifth year uh, Gav Kelly taking off after four or five minutes and then Jackman grabbing me while the seconds match was still going uh, throwing a jersey at me and going you're about to go into a fucking scrum against the Burns just try and survive and I see Gav Kelly being hurled off as if he's just survived uh, D-Day landing but those two definitely stand out for me this is going to be slightly controversial. Uh, the best coach you ever had at schools level? Personal level, level Peter Smith was like gave some great individual advice. Um, but I think when Garth Pickering came in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think when Garth Pickering came in, when we were in fifth year, I think he just kind of transformed how we looked at the game. I think a special mention has to go to. My coaches back at under 13s level as well when I kind of first started really taking the game seriously. Uh, this sounds oh, like a bloody acceptance speech going, <laughs> going through everyone, everyone special mentions. My under sevens in Blackrock thanking everyone. Yeah. But uh, Owen Cody and Rob Dalton would have kind of laid the laid the foundations well back then. 
Uh, for myself, I, I was actually thinking about this as well. Like, I've coached with a good few of the lads as well. Like, as you said, mentioned earlier on, Emmett. Uh, and stuff like that but like as in I think I've been coached by Skeener for I honestly don't know how long I've been trying to get rid of him honestly yeah, since I think he's one. trying to get rid of you as well <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to get rid of him since day one and he keeps following me around from fucking JCT to SCT to UCD yeah. I've been trying to get rid of him for years but uh, I haven't been able to but I'm working on it still so uh, that's a work in progress mine would be a slightly left field choice Andy Kumski had him at 13s had him at JCT he just suited me down to the ground because he knew I was a bit loose, would say stupid stuff, and he just kind of got that. But I remember at times where we would struggle, whether 13s or Js, always at halftime, hearing him or hearing him in the huddle after training, he'd just speak such sense and give a sense of calmness that I actually still remember to this day. So he definitely was doing something right anyway. Um, toughest team to play against? I oh, always dreaded a clown goes away fixture. Yeah. That would be because you'd get down and they'd make you play about seven minutes later. Like, they'd be straight, oh, the yeah. pitch is only available now. A bunch of yeah. cowboys down there. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. I'd just say Black Rock is in because it's the team I lost to pretty much in every every cup campaign I was in. <laughs> I would actually agree with Clongos away because you just get off the pitch. Sorry, get off the bus. You'd have Skeener just being rattled at the front. The like, dodgiest refs. Yeah. Go, like, work, the, oh, well, they'd be coming out, taking off their tie and <laughs> yeah. then over just putting on uh, the Leinster branch uh, top. And you'd always be prepared for it though because Skeen uh, always is like, your womb is going to be about six minutes long. Prepare for anything and the referee's probably going to be a maths teacher. <laughs> so we expected it. We expected it. <laughs> the worst feeling you've ever had after a schools game? either like it's one as I said one or two it's the missed the JCT or the SCT like both very similar I suppose the best feeling was like sitting in a in a win, winning change room and looking around and just seeing the guys that you've worked so hard with all year um, get on with it will you that'll do <laughs> we don't me. want to hear success stories <laughs> do say, at our expense most of the time as well um, my worst feeling yeah 2013 you can't get away from but if I'm being really honest 2010 that Jays final like 2013 as crap as it was being your last game and losing at least we fired shots and we actually played really well and it just wasn't our day but 2010 I remember after 10 minutes thinking we're actually getting embarrassed here <coughs> we're way out of our depth um, and that was a much worse feeling and much tougher to deal with in the months that followed rather than just thinking shit we were a bit unlucky in 2013 so that would be mine oh I'm actually looking forward to this question uh, describe yourself as a school's boy player in three words uh, I just went with a downhill from there <laughs> <laughs> I've gone with washed up superstar <laughs> yeah. similar enough yeah, yeah. Jesus, too early yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't follow them now I actually took it half seriously I went abrasive unorthodox and showbiz you're surely none of the, the above there as well yeah yeah abrasive's really probably pushing the boat out but unorthodox yeah. name another hooker who's made a 20 meter break and chipped uh, 15 yeah <laughs> what to kick yeah. them all dead well no I didn't kick it dead it was actually 5 meter scrum and Josh Murphy knocked it on so people don't forget this is now asked by Alex Penny and I got this and to be honest I burst out laughing Jeez. for about 90 seconds and then I re-read it and laughed again continuously for about five, uh, five minutes. He's a sad man. Yeah, well it's uh, poised to both of you to debate and hopefully get a conclusion from which one of you have deteriorated more physically since leaving school? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. It is. 
Uh, I don't know. I'd say myself potentially, but as, as we've all said in our to describe ourselves in three words, Dylan's was peaked too early. Mine Washed was up down, super downhill from there. So uh, I don't know. I'd say it's a it's a fifty fifty there for me. Well, I think the writings on the wall when I was added into a group the other day uh, called Fat Camp. Oh, you're gone, uh, man. Matt Coin uh, is giving us six weeks to transform ourselves and Keno Donahue Steve McVeigh Mick Kelly Alex Stewart Oshin Brady Graham Murray to name a few <laughs> just name dropping there yeah, yeah. just name I think Oshin needs it the most out of them I think <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is to both of you Who? what do you admire most about each other's school so Dale what do you admire about Michaels and Kelly oh, vice versa are we dealing with this on like an education or it a sports? It can be honestly classes? anything. It can education. be rugby. Come on. Well, education. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Um, well, I have an awful lot of respect for Michaels. Um, I could have ended up in Michaels. Obviously, I have four cousins that, sorry, five cousins that attended, Dixon. are attending or attended Michaels. And I think that. Um, the, the two of us the two schools are up there with, with the best in, in South Dublin yeah, yeah yeah you obviously have to respect Rock Massively I don't know how many but 68 9 69 um, so yeah like they've obviously done incredibly well and they're always there thereabouts um, and like they have obviously have a knack of winning um, but yeah it's nice to see like tables well as in Michaels and now getting on par and obviously won this year which was Great to kind of get that out of the way, um, more than anything. But um, now, like like it says it itself, is in they've won it sixty nine times, so you have to respect them. At the same time, um, fuck rock. Yeah, at the same time, <laughs> screw them. They made me cry for about a month and neglect my studies. So, uh, the best coach in SET over the last ten years. So not exactly who you had. Was there anyone you were like, geez, he's done phenomenal work? Like for instance, you you'd have sorry, you have to say you'd be. No, Mac did incredibly well with Clongos. Yeah. Got them to, I don't know how many cups they won in five years, like three cups in five years or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and then, I don't know who, who like he's probably over the last... Smithy did well, what, two Smithy cups? Smithy did excellent. Two um, cups and what, 200 lattes as well? <laughs> <laughs> Phil Warrior, he Phil well. yeah. recently, yeah. <clears throat> he created like uh, incredible, just same brand of rugby every year consistency so I think that came from the top from from Andy Wood as well I think they combined very well to implement a trade to school Uh, the best player never to win an SET so I'll get the ball rolling definitely James Ryan in my eyes that's Um, what I was going to say it's definitely more quality players but I just thought he probably had definitely two years definitely where he could have had a chance to win one and obviously what he's gone on to do is pretty significant to say the least so He'd pop straight into my mind. Dylan, would you agree, or would it be more of a rock orientated, or someone a bit more left field? James Ryan did come to mind. Like I remember seeing um, them. Were they beaten at junior cup level by Newbridge? No, they won junior cup level. Jay Jay ordered. Sorry, they beat. No, they did beat Newbridge though. In the facts right. Yeah. <laughs> way off. Way off. Those beers are going to your head. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One Peroni down and speaking fluent Bulgarian here. I'll have to agree with you then. I'm the James yeah, Ryan. I think you're great on something there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no, that uh, more or less concludes it, fellas. And um, I can't thank you enough for being uh, the first out of, what, 26, 27 episodes. It's the first time I've actually been face-to-face with more than one person. Having two in front of me is uh, 
your persistence is, was, ad, was admirable. Yeah, well, sometimes you just got to make the extra effort and convince people uh, to do otherwise. So, but I, I, think we, uh, I think we are always full of the chat at the bar <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah, so yeah. we just, yeah. the microphone maybe. <laughs> to all the listeners, hope you enjoy it and enjoy the final. Thanks for having us on, Richie. Thanks, Richie. Fuck off. <laughs>